Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me on the third episode of the Be Higher Beings podcast, but it is the first episode where I have a guest, and my guest today is Dave Warden. He's the author of a book called Don't Be That Guy, fantastic book, pick it up. He also has a blog, um, that web address is Idle Businessman, I D L E Businessman Um Dave is going to go over his his book and and his career and his diagnosis of cancer this year and his divorce this year and his losing his job this year and his moving from Chicago to Florida this year and all while saying, all while keeping the attitude of yesterday was the best day of my life, today's even better and tomorrow's gonna be even better than that. Um, There is a couple little spots where we lose a little bit of reception but don't let that deter you from this episode. Dave is a fantastic guest, so please let me welcome Dave Warden, and thank you for listening. I want to welcome everybody to the uh, Be Higher Beings podcast. Uh, today, my guest is Dave Warden. Uh, Dave is a, uh, he's an MBA, um, and most recently he is a, he's an author. He wrote a book called Don't Be That Guy. Um, it's about what, um, well, you know what, here, I'm going to, I'm going to explain, I'm going to let Dave explain it. Uh, Dave, how you doing? I'm doing very well, Neil. Thanks for having me. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so what, um, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, as you said, I'm an MBA. I'm uh, 60 years old. I have been on the professional career treadmill since 1980. I uh, had my ups and downs and, um, I was between jobs in 2008 and began to reflect back on the path that got me there. And that's when I started writing, don't be that guy. And I had been through a particularly, you know, rough uh, series of jobs, like most career professionals are. And so it it, um, allowed me to look back and uh, maybe look at the road not traveled or maybe look at um, some of the contingencies that didn't happen in my career and document it in a a book form, in a a fictional uh, format, and then offer some guidance on how to avoid some of the pitfalls that many of us career professionals make. Okay. Um, what, um, as far as like the, now, can you, can you give us a little bit about the, about the structure of the book? Sure. I started with a vignette about a fictitious company and a young man just out of college that starts at the company and witnesses the behavior. And as a young Eve professional, uh, sees some of this behavior on the part of middle-aged and later career guys. And he looks and says, I won't be that guy. Then there's a a mid-career gentleman with two kids and um, really starting to get inundated with the pressures of a career and of a family and of 
of uh, the requirements and the, the demand. And again, he sees some of the older folks, the women's um, their health and whatnot. And he looks at some of these folks and says, don't be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy. And then there's a late career guy that uh, has made all the mistakes, uh, exhibited some behaviors, very technically proficient at what he does, but the professional world has ground him down and he has become that guy. He's the guy that people talk about in the office. Uh, don't run a follow that guy. He'll scream at you. He's very right. good at what he does, but you don't want to get, don't want to get near him on a bad day. And uh, as I look back, Neil, the characters were all amalgams of uh, many of the career professionals I've worked with. I had a good number of my colleagues review the book and found it to be pretty spot on when it came to um, seeing themselves in these characters. So I did offer a vignette in the first half of the book. And then in the second half of the book, I offered my own personal advice on how to avoid some of these pitfalls or how to uh, participate in a more fulfilling career, or how to knock some of the rough edges off the situations you're going to find and make for a, a more pleasant career path, uh, a more, a better balanced work, uh, personal life. Um, and again, I found it to be very cathartic in writing it. And then uh, one of the, the real pluses I found in connecting with you at the health club that day was I was able to overlay right. your, um, the book you wrote with the book I wrote. And uh, you've t- allowed me to look back and say, well, how do we rewire some of these behaviors so that we remove the possibility of them happening? Well, I never thought of it that way until I read your book and said, wow, there's a, a complimentary piece here that really those two should be taken together. And I think there's a real synergy in doing. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's, you know, one of the, 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 the main reasons how we, uh, how we became such, such good friends. I mean, because, because our, our, you know, theories, you know, kind of, kind of really aligned with each other. Um, but let me ask you what, so, you know, um, I know, I know there was an aha moment when I, when I really realized that, that I was about to write a book, I, you know, cause I had never written a book. It was, it would have been crazy for me. The, just the whole thought of it would have been nuts. What was, what was your aha moment and what, um, you know, and the second part, where, where did, where did you get the, uh, the title? I mean, you know, what, what put those two things together too? Yeah. Thanks, Neil. My, my aha moment was when I, I was between jobs and I began looking at things and say, well, you know, I, I have always tried very hard at every job I've had. And my longevity at some of these companies was affected not through anything I did or didn't do, but rather because companies that I worked with were affected by environmental factors or business downturns, et cetera. And yet I realized during one of these periods that identified, I identified what I did and not with who I was as a person. And for a functioning ATM machine that generated fun money for my family so that they could uh, have far more than I ever had growing up. And I had uh, then been affected again in 2014 where my job ended. And um, that's when I, I again looked back and said, well, you know, I have really poured myself into these positions uh, to the detriment of my health my mental health and my physical health. And what did it get me? And um, <laughs> this is going to sound like a country song that I'm about to tell you, but before we met, you know, my job 
I had gotten divorced this year. My job had ended, and I found out I had cancer. <laughs> I looked at that. Well, you know, you've gotten a couple uh, kicks in the, the shins here. What are you going to yeah. do with it? And when I began looking back, and then I, at the same time I met you, and I began to piece it all together, and really was able to untangle some of this and put it in perspective. And so, you know, I had my aha moment before any of these bad things ever happened to me this year. And then when they did happen to me this year, again, I was able to, I guess, compartmentalize them based on conversations you and I had in thinking through some of these things uh, where I needed to focus on the here and now, not on the two years ago or not on the anger I carried forth about situations that happened at work. And uh, writing the book, again, was cathartic. Meeting you and then talking through some of these situations made me realize that there is a way to work through some of these personal challenges that I've had. And uh, I was actually just talking to uh, my brother-in-law today, and he said, you know, very few people have one of those things happen to them in a year, let alone three. And you seem to be tolerating it well, and did you have, what was your low moment and all that? And, um, you know, I was able to describe to him some of the things that I've done. I was able to discuss with my brother-in-law, Neil, meeting you and your approach to things and how that really forced me to look at things differently than I had ever looked at them before. Um, uh, again, you weren't one to sugarcoat things, but rather you were um, asking me to take a hard look at some of these things about letting some of these emotions that I had carried like a millstone around my neck for decades and acknowledge they were there and be done with them. And, you know, I will tell you that I don't think I could have bounced back through these personal challenges the way I did had I not had I not started doing that in meditation and all the other breathing and the other things we talked about but just from a mental standpoint seeing that there is a way to deal with some very serious personal situations that I probably would have been incapable of dealing with before before I wrote the book before I read your book and before we started having conversations about this. Yeah. And I, and I think a real big uh, realization for, for anybody of that is, you know, you, you mentioned how, how, you know, things change when you met me and stuff like that, but really what I am is, you know, what I've been to you and, and what we really are to each other is, is just a passer along of information. And if the information resonates um, with somebody, then, then you realize that, that you had, you know, all of, all of what you, what, what you feel you are now, you've always had that because that's, I did nothing. I'm just, like I said, a passer along of information and that's, and that's you who does all that. And that's, that's got to feel good. Well, the other way I'd look at it is that I was, um, I was standing with my back to the mirror and you turned me around and pointed my face at the mirror. And that was the start of, of getting my arms around, uh, where I used to be and where I am now and where I want to go. That's why we're humans, man. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the great thing. That's, that's how, uh, you know, we, we can show each other how to, how to pick each other up. And, and, um, and, and I love that. That's, you know, that's, it's been, that's been a real new part of my life. Um, you know, at, you know, being in my career and stuff like that. Um, it was real competitive, you know, I, I, you know, cause I resonate with your book as well. And, you know, that's, you know, when I read it, I, I, I was, it, it just, I, I knew exactly, it, I almost knew exactly where it was going, um, you know, in, in my own way, but the way, you know, the way you presented it, um, it just, 
it really, it really just made a lot of sense and, and put a lot of things in perspective for me, you know, for business. Um, because what, what I, uh, what my main goal was, you know, when, when talking to you was, was health wise and your help, you know, you helped me on that, on that business, you know, that, that getting that, my, my arms around that, um, that work life, you know, balance relationship and stuff, you know, because you've been in it longer. Um, and you, you know, you've, you've been in that corporate wheelhouse for, for long, a lot longer, you know? So, but let me ask you this. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, you know, as I look at some of the things I've written in don't be that guy, um, I talk about establishing boundaries. It's important to do so. But then I look back and say, well, why did I not have boundaries before? And why do I feel the need to write that? I talk about removing emotion from commonly occurring business situations in the, in the workplace. Well, why would you have to tell someone not to inject emotion where um, it's not going to be productive? Um, in my book, I have do's and don'ts. And I look and I say, why should I have to tell somebody what to do and what not to do? But, you know, I always get back to the, the statement that common sense is anything but common. People will will fall back to their area of comfort, even though if it might be an area of discomfort, but that's what they do when faced with challenging situations. And so as I look at some of the guidance I give in the second half of the book, it may seem like second nature or common sense, but uh, until you see it written out, hey, maybe it's a good idea not to yell at somebody in a business meeting because we're all there for the same purpose. Right. So you know, if you look at some of these recommendations I've made, sure, they seem like common sense, but uh, I have seen countless professionals making the same mistakes. It's not just me, Dave Warden. It's it's eighty percent of the folks I've worked with over the years. Yeah, and what? Um, what? Let me let me ask you this: what What advice would um, would you would you give somebody who who does all of a sudden, you know, because it, it, it takes a moment, you know, there's there's a moment where where we realize what we have become. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's another question I want to ask you. But, you know, what, what would you give? You know, what advice would you give somebody who just observes this about themselves and says, you know what, wow, I don't, I don't know where to go because, you know, obviously that could be a scary place. You know, you've been in the, in the corporate world for so many years and then you realize, well, you know what, there's a lot of things I've been doing that hasn't been worth it. You know, that's, that's the unknown. What, what would you tell that person? Uh, I guess take a step back and do a self check. Um, again, I was so motivated by running on the career treadmill. I was the guy that would work the extra hours or going on a Saturday to pick up the slack. And uh, I was guilty of, as I recommend in the book, don't ever expect a reward for something where the reward wasn't promised. I was doing some things that I felt would establish me as going above the ground. And again, I did them. Yeah. Yeah, Extra credit. Well, extra credit was never promised. They never said they would give me a gold star, but they were only too happy to have me do it. So, you know, I would say just stay close with your feelings and know that if you reach the point where you're bringing your work home or where you're bringing your anger home or where you're needing to have a drink after work just so your heart will stop pounding, you have gone far, far too far down the, down the bend. And really, you require help or guidance or counseling in order to reset your parameters and um, recenter your thinking. It's difficult because we, again, we, even though it might be the the most uncomfortable place to to overwork ourselves or to um, become anxious or to need a drink when we get home, (laughs) so often that's where our 
uh, as silly as it sounds, that's where our comfort zone is. Our comfort zone is an area where we are anxious and frustrated and angry, but we find ourselves back there day after day. And if that becomes your norm, then understand that that's a problem and you need to deal with it. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, I, as far as, you know, as far as that, get, that getting help, um, you know, if we, if we sit with ourselves and, you know, just kind of, you know, let, let the noise die down, um, our intuition is going to, is going to help us find where that, where that help is going to come from, you know, and, it, and, you know, it, it just kind of comes out of the blue. Um, you, you'll notice, you know, we, we meet people at, at certain times in our life and there's, there's something, something to be said for the universe about that. You know, the, the timing, think of the, the timing and, and when you met most people in your life. So, um, so yeah, when, when you are looking for somebody, don't, you know, I, I would say don't, you know, don't search too hard um, because that, that answer will, will be in, you know, will be in you somewhere. Um, but one question, you know, that I did have was too that, you know, what, what did you become? Because you were, as you were in that space, you became, you know, what, what was that realization like for you? Um, um, you know, I had, I've had the benefit over the years of working for both good and bad managers. And I saw, I've seen that guy, I've seen the guy that would make ladies cry and would stomp his feet and yell at people who did so with impunity because he was getting the job done. <clears throat> now I never became that bad, but, and I was always very protective of my teams and wanted them to achieve high levels of performance, but I wasn't above butting heads with either my peers or people above me. You know, whether or not I was right was immaterial. It was the way I delivered the message. Uh, so I was, you know, all too willing to lord my knowledge over them because I was smarter than everybody else. Instead of understanding that it's really dumb to show how smart you are. Right. And so when I realized that, you know, I could get away with that because I'm a, a large sized person. And typically I was correct with my assertions, whether it be through numbers or uh, an analysis or anything like that. But all of the, the value of any of that gets lost if the message is delivered in a very poor manner. And I was very guilty of doing that. So after I had left that job and understood that I was really just doing the bidding for people that were not willing to act that way, but were only too happy to have me do it, then I became a different person. That's you know, when I began finding joy in each day. And my mantra became, yesterday was the best day of my life, but today was even better. And tomorrow will be better than today. And people were sick of me saying that. And I would tell them, listen, unless you can say that, you're failing. You, you have to be able to oh, feel yeah. that way. And I do. You know, I think I told you, Neil, that um, my life changed several years ago when a friend of mine got cancer and I saw what he went through. And um, I wake up every morning and I thank God for what I have. And I thank God for my health. And then when, when I was befallen by my own personal situations, I would still find time to thank God for what I did have. Uh, you know, uh, I, I lost my job, but that led to me going to the doctor and getting an early diagnosis for cancer, which has been treated and I believe I have beat. But I thank God every morning because I lost my job. Had I not lost my job, I'd be the typical guy and never go to the doctor. I'd be too busy to go to the doctor to get this number checked out that they told me to get checked out. But I didn't. And, you know, uh, to, my, to my benefit. So I, I have really, over the past several years, really found joy in each and every day. I have 
um, you know, I wrote Don't Be That Guy, and I am uh, now the character at the end of the vignette where he has reached his retirement in one piece and he's happy and reflecting back. I look now and say, okay, you know, Dave, you stepped in some potholes, you made some mistakes, but you, you survived it and uh, you got your health. Now what are you going to do? Well, I feel prepared and I feel ready to take on those challenges. Uh, as you know, Neil, uh, over the weekend, I relocated to Florida to spend some time with my mom. You had encouraged me to do so. You had uh, shared with me your thoughts that this was a rare opportunity to shed some of the baggage that I carried in the Chicago area. Uh, you had, had, you know, kind of coached me that uh, a better climate, that being around family, that this is a rare opportunity uh, to do something different, to, to start anew. And so, you know, I'm here less than a week now, uh, certainly enjoying the fact that I'm not in 10 degree weather and a yeah, foot right. of snow, <laughs> but now taking stock of the things that I need to do to end up with a better result next time when I have these same chances that I've had throughout my career and, and, and to find some excitement in doing so. Right. No, that's here. That's awesome, man. And you know, here, if, if, I, I just, just so everybody knows I didn't just, I didn't encourage Dave to do exactly that. Um, I encouraged Dave to do what felt good and what, what Dave put together, what was going to feel good in his life to make, to make him move forward and, and him happy and, you know, stuff like that is exactly what he did. So, you know, I just, just wanted to, wanted to clarify that. Um, but, and, and, you know, yeah, thanks for clarifying. Now, kind of uh, the, the, the guidance that I took from the conversations that you and I had was, uh, you know, you had encouraged me to overcome my reluctance for change. Mm -hmm. And you had said, you know, welcome change. Don't be afraid of it. If, cha if the change is a move to Florida, then embrace it and do so. Uh, but, you know, I guess your encouragement was to not to not um, stay in the same situation that has always ended up with the same result. Right. I <laughs> and because we're creatures of habit, whether or not that result is, is to our liking is immaterial. It's, it's because it's an expected result that doesn't rock our boat. We're most comfortable with it. Well, I had to overcome that and I did so by driving uh, 1400 miles. Yeah. How, how, how good does it feel to do that, man? I mean, just to just to overcome those fears is it's it's got to be amazing, right? It, it certainly is, and, and you know, I, it was a, a wonderful opportunity to reflect. Uh, my brother drove with me. I did most of the driving. My brother came with me, so for a lot of those miles I drove, I was it was in silence, and I was thinking and reflecting and saying, you know, you're you're doing it. You, you have moved out of the apartment you lived in for the last year since the divorce, and you are now moving to a different area to, to take up something new. And, and once you get your arms around that, it is, uh, it, it's really, uh, oh gosh, uh, energi uh, energizing thought. Yeah. You know what? I was just thinking um, that as, you know, as we were just, you know, as we were talking, I think realizing that um, I know for me that realizing that I had like these fears in the first place was liberating. Was, how was that for you? I mean, just realizing that, you know, because we, we put these, we suppress these fears for so long, don't even know that there were fears. And our ego tells us that we're, they're not fears. But realizing that we do have them, how, do, how does that, what does that do for you? 
Uh, I guess the the trick for me was to understand that those fears or compulsions or, or vibes were there and to acknowledge that they're there. But I now will not let them uh, dictate my actions the way I used to. You know, I they all used to form uh, a barrier that prevented me from breaking through that barrier. And um, then... You know, once I acknowledged that those those feelings, emotions existed, I was able to deal with them and kind of sidestep them. You know, I I also write a I also have been writing a blog for the last oh what's years. what's what's the website for that and the the website for my blog is www.idlebusinessman i d l e businessman dot com and the idle businessman I started writing because I was idle I was between jobs. And if you read the stuff I started writing in 2008, it's morose and it's depressing and I'm looking for a job and no one will hire me and I'm sad and blah, blah, blah. And then when after I began working, I was the middle, happy-go-lucky middle-aged guy writing about this and that and illegal immigrants and other middle-aged fat guy stuff. <laughs> and then um, after the divorce, I started being a lot more reflective and actually my writing became better. But one of the things, Neil, that I wrote, which... I don't know if I shared this with you, but I wrote something that once I looked at it, I said, my God, did I just write that? And what I said is, is previously in my marriage, in my professional life, I, I lived in the jail that I had built and I always had the keys in my pocket to use to get out, but I never did. And then once I understood what I was doing, I, I use those keys. I still kind of like Matt Damon in the Martian. I venture away, then I go right. back and I venture away, then I go back and my distances are getting a little bit farther and eventually um, the ties to that jail will be completely broken. But I did not realize until I put it into those words and I wrote it, I didn't realize that was exactly how things work. Yeah. That's uh, writing could be uh, therapeutic here. I just, I just thought in my head that you have 11 years of, of just pure unobliterated Dave Warden and on, on a website somewhere. That's, that's awesome. Yep. If man, I, I, I really, I didn't even think about that. I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to go check that out. I want to check out the, uh, the progression of that because the next time we do this, man, um, you know, I, I want to get into that. I think, I think that's going to be, that's going to be awesome. So it's, it's, it's idle businessman.blogspot.com. Okay. Correct. And there's 1120 posts. Wow. Um, and again, if you look at the stuff from 2008, it is dreadfully depressing. If, if, <laughs> it is it is written by a guy who is sitting at his computer all day and no one would call him to give him a job. And then you'll see the joy when I got the job in March of 2009. And you go through some, you know, as I said, a, an evolution of the way I was writing in my mindset. Uh, there was a three-year period where I didn't write at all because my ex-wife, thought that people will do a search on Dave Warden and find out I wrote this blog, of which there's nothing wrong with it. There's no profanity. There's no even if there was thoughts. <laughs> it's just a little yeah. right. Right. But you know, so anyway, then I started again once the divorce started. And I, I think some of my best writing uh happened after I restarted writing it yeah, again. Yeah, well here, even Michael Jordan took a break from basketball. So um <laughs> right, right, right. but uh yeah no that's I, I that's fascinating. Um I, I really hope people uh people get a chance to check that out. Um I will put that in the in the show notes, um Dave's Dave's website. So 
Dave, let's let's go back to uh, I don't know what eighteen year old Dave just getting out of high school. What advice would you give yourself, knowing everything you know now? What advice would you give yourself, and you know maybe what what would you do a little bit differently? Uh, very good question, Dylan. Uh, again, I, as I look back, I, I see that's kind of where I made some of my missteps. Uh, my dad passed away when I was in eighth grade, and uh, freshman year in high school, I started working. And I gave up. I loved to play basketball. I gave up playing organized basketball. I was working late into the night through high school, working night crew, getting home at four in the morning, just driven by the need to earn money so I could go to college. And, uh, and I, I really didn't need to do all of that. I mean, I should have had a most students should have a part-time job, but uh, I didn't need to work to the degree that I was working. So I would look back and say, Dave, enjoy your high school. Don't work, you know, till four in the morning and then go to school the next morning. Take time to experience your teen years. Uh, you know, when I got to college, Neil, to, to the first couple of years for me, it was as though I, I was encouraging myself to take a break because after all, I worked so hard during right. high school, whereas I should have been going to, you know, pre-med or something because I was smart enough to do that. But I was just so worn out from the, the high school experience. And, and maybe that's a cop out. I don't think it is. But I, I clearly. Well, if you thought um, it, then that's exactly what it is. That, that's one thing I've learned. If you, if yeah. you thought it, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Go ahead, Doc. <laughs> I, I agree. Then it was. It was silly to do that. And then, but it's you know, okay too. I Just think, so you know, it's okay when, too. <laughs> you know, we, we, we only did as good well, as then, good as what you we know, knew the, at the time. So so those those are the things that we forgive sure. ourselves for. But yeah, go ahead. I'm... <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that would be the main thing. I I guess I did. It did instill in me a, a really. Um, good work ethic because I, I was, you know, unloading trucks when I was 14 right. years old and I was doing a lot of heavy lifting and always had a summer job in, in the summers between semesters in college. Um, but, you know, I guess ultimately we don't get a chance to go back and undo. So I, I have really taken to looking forward, uh, taking to um, making exciting plans and trying to uh, execute those plans. I'm trying to figure out what my destiny will be here in South Florida. So um, I, I guess I can't, I can't take issue with anything that that I've done sure. in my past because it's led me to a pretty good place here. But to the, to your point, you know, there there is balance that I don't think I achieved. I was just too focused on, you know, before ATMs. That I was the pre-ATM yeah. back then. Even then, yeah, that's 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 a lot of our story. <laughs> So, um, another, if the, the, the 20 year olds today, what would, what would you tell them? What if, if, you know, not, not just yourself, what would you, what would, what advice would you give the, uh, the 20 year olds today? Of today, um, work hard. Uh, don't expect everything to be given to you. I think it's probably not unique to me, but people of our, of my generation wanted, their, their kids to have more than they did. And I think both of my kids did. I worked very hard to make sure they did. But I don't think that that should be the expectation. So I think both of my kids are hardworking and they, um, they're they both older than 20 years old. But I think the, the younger generation today has been treated very well by their parents and they've had every new release of game box when it, you know, game system when it came out and uh, all of the latest Blu-rays and everything. We had a baseball mitt and a ball that we would play catch with until it fell apart. So 
kids these days, I think, take things for granted. I think um, I would encourage 20 years, 20 year olds today to uh, appreciate what their parents have done for them, but work very hard to cut that cord so that they're self-sufficient as quickly as they can be. That's great advice. That's great advice. Dave, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate your time. And um, I really, I really can't wait to do this again. Um, any, any last words you got here? I do really appreciate the opportunity to participate, Neil. Um, as I said, I've benefited greatly from our friendship and our, our discussions. Um, they have benefited me. And uh, I look forward to um, continuing the conversations, to continuing to see what synergies we can bring about with the two books that we have and, and more books that we're, I'm going to write and you're going to write. I do think, and I, and I really hope that this podcast does find its way to folks that think they do need help and reach out to you or reach out to me or reach out to both of us so that we can maybe help them experience what we've experienced. I mean, there were days that you and I spoke that I felt just such a, uh, a wonderful feeling after those conversations ended. And I, I really hope that there are folks out there that we can help in the same manner. Yeah, and just, just so everybody knows that this is, this is uh, Dave and I's first podcast. Okay. So, you know, if, if, uh, we're, we're, we're getting looser as, as time progresses. And I, and I, you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little bit better about it. It's, <laughs> um, Hey, uh, real quick, Dave, I, as far as we, we were just, you, you just kind of triggered something. Um, you know, I was thinking, um, I had, I had a really great idea. I wanted to run it by you. I have an idea for a book that I think we should write together. Um, the the premise is we're here to amuse we're here to amuse ourselves does that make sense if 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 we're thinking that every day is the best day of our life what are we really doing we're really just amusing ourselves what do you think of the idea <laughs> you know, i think if we could play up the concept and have that as a real mindset every day should be the best day of our lives you know i told my brother-in-law today we walked for 5 miles on the fau campus and i said jeff the last hour and 16 minutes was the best hour and 16 minutes of my life. And I truly believe that. So, you know, I, some of it may be falsely propping herself up or, you know, artificially propping herself up, but we need to enable people to feel that way because it is a tremendous feeling. And I'd love to, to um, partner on a book like that. Yeah, well, that's, well, that's what we got to ask ourselves too, is what is artificial? You know, is, do you, do we need an event to happen for, for us to feel good? You know, I mean, if is if the if we just if if the Cubs win the World Series this year versus you know the the last year, or I'm sorry, in in 2016, do we need do we need a reason to feel good? You know, in between those two years, does it make sense? Or those those three years? You know. Well, again, and if if you do, then then you're misguided. I think we do have to find within ourselves or within our social circle or whatever the ability to have those endorphins release where you do feel like today is the best day. And I do think Neil, you and I, if we share with some folks are thinking on it, they can get there too. It's nothing magical about it. it. A lot of it has to do with removing the clutter, removing the negative and let the positive come through. And I, I wasn't very good at that before. I'm much better at it now. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's amazing how, uh, how we can progress. And, and here, and, and the, one of the greatest things is that it, it doesn't matter how old we are, how young we are. Um, it's just a, a willingness to get it. And, and I think that's, I think that's why, why you and I 
connect uh, so well. I think, you know, I used to, I used to think that I was the smartest guy that everybody knew. And I, I, you know, I would even tell my kid that. And, and I, I realized that it's my willingness to learn that's, that's going to make me smart. And, and when I met you, you know, we, we both have that, that same willingness to learn. I don't need to be the best at anything um, and anymore. And I don't, I don't need that, that type of competition. I need to be better than I'm ever going to be. And that's, that's the only, that's the only competition I need. And I, I think, I think that's, I think you're kind of the same way. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons we connect so well. And I appreciate that. I agree. Yeah. So, but, um, all right, Dave. Well, here, I, again, I appreciate you. I appreciate you being on. Um, and I'll give you a call right after this and then, uh, we'll talk a little bit if, uh, if you got some time and then, um, you know, hopefully everybody enjoyed this and this is just the first of many. So again, it's going to, it's going to get better. Uh, maybe I'll throw in some sound effects and stuff like that, but, I don't think that this was bad at all. Dave, what do you think? I, I think it was fun. Uh, I, I've had a great time. Yeah. I appreciate uh, being invited. And I hope, uh, I hope those that listen to it find it a good use of their time. Where can we find your book? Uh, my book is on Amazon Kindle. It's Don't Be That Guy. Author's name is David Warden, W-A-R-D-E-N. Excellent. Uh, well, Dave, thank you again. And we'll talk soon. It's a pleasure, Neil. Thank, thank you. you. for joining me and Dave Warden on episode number three of the Be Higher Beings podcast. I know you guys enjoyed it just as much as we enjoyed doing it. So um, listen for the next one. Um, the next two episodes, I'm going to have Ryan Anderson, who is a uh, real estate entrepreneur, kind of taking a break, figuring out what he wants to uh, what he wants to do. We're going to sort some things out in the show. And Tommy Bonner, who is an entrepreneur, a buddy of mine from Texas, that started a million-dollar landscape company out of the trunk of his car almost 20 years ago. So get excited for that, and thank you again for joining us on the Be Higher Beings podcast.